And let's go to our Bible study tonight. I'm glad you're here. Tonight, took time out of your life to be with us this evening. We're going to look at God's Word tonight and see what the Lord says. Tonight, if you turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 9 to verse 14. 2 Kings chapter 2. And one thing I like about Bible study on Wednesday nights is that those hard passages that we sometimes avoid when we read the Bible, <laughs> we can deal with them with them here. So, chapter by chapter, let's look what God says on 2 Kings. You know, if you you know how you find 2 Kings? 2 Kings is after 1 Kings. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> it's really good. I can't say 3 Kings, there's not no such thing as 3 Kings. But I can say it's after is that the first king? <laughs> oh, goodness. Some people just have a sense of humor. I don't have a sense of humor, so. <laughs> okay, let's look. Let's look tonight at verse 9. Okay? So, you have to pay attention because don't confuse Elijah with Elijah. You know, they are very similar names if you look one have a J, a J and one have an S in there. So, uh, Elijah, Elijah. Sometimes I confuse myself. Two different people, okay? So, and it came to pass, as verse 9, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elijah, Ask what I shall do for thee before I have taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. He said, What in the world is that means? And he said, Thou hast, I'm sorry, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on, and, and talked, and behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and part of them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own cloths uh, and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah and fell upon him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and hither, and Elijah went over. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. In so many directions we can go tonight. But, Lord, I just got the message you give me tonight, and I'm going to preach it. I'm going to teach it, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's two things right here that can be very hard for people to grasp. Because there's many people that use this passage right here to say that they are extraterrestrials out there. All right? The chariots of fire, you know, and, uh, and the horse of fire. Can we look at, actually, look at the, what would we saw that? Verse 11, it says, It came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, they were appeared the chariot of fire and horses of fire. And part of them both asunder, and Elijah went up, so he went up in a whirlwind, went around, whirlwind, unto heaven. Okay? There 
there's some, uh, a lot of smart people out there that use this verse right here to say that there were, that was an, uh, a spaceship that came and took Elijah. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe in spaceship and aliens. Uh, God created the heavens and the earth and put life on the earth and everything else in the heavens is for us to look up and give glory to God. That's why they're there. You know, the heavens declare, the Bible says, the glory of God. Uh, I don't believe in extraterrestrials. I don't believe that. There's a lot of movies out there. A lot of, some people believe that. Let them believe what they want to believe. I don't. So you heard it from, from me. I don't. Okay? Another, another one thing is here is another thing that people say, well, you know what? He hits the waters with Elijah's mantle right here. With, uh, look what it says. The mantle, yeah. And the waters parted. That's a miracle. You say, that's impossible. With God, all things are possible. All right, what men think is impossible, God says, I can make it happen. So if we are Bible believers, if we are people of the book, and if we believe in the God that created all things, you know, out of nothing, I think that's easy to believe, right? I think it's easy to say, Lord, I believe this. If you created everything out of nothing, if you created me and gave me life, I think I can believe this. Well, I don't think I believe this to be true. So last Wednesday night we... Look this passage, looking at, uh, uh, we look at this passage, looking at the man Elijah, the prophet of, that the Lord took up to heaven in a, in, a, in a great fashion. Tonight we're going to look at the other man, the name Elijah. So this passage records the home going, so to speak, of one of the greatest men in the word of God. Elijah was, a, it was greatly used of the Lord in, in his generation, but his time on earth came to an end and God took him. You know, some people, some people say, oh, only if I can live in that generation, if, only if I can meet that people back then. And today you have these, all these nonsense movies where you have these potas and you go back in time and you go way past time. And now the, 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 the new thing is out there is that there's more than one earth. There's about 130-some earths. You know, this is all nonsense, okay? But anyway, one thing, you know what? We live on this time. You can't live in the past. You don't live in the future. You live in this time. We were born for such a time as this. This is the time, and this is the time for you and me to make a difference. You can't make a difference in the past. You make a difference today. Actually, you cannot make a difference yesterday because yesterday, yesterday was gone. You cannot make a difference tomorrow because tomorrow is not there yet. So today we make a difference. Okay? So this man of God, there's so much text for the Lord, but now it's time for him to depart. One day we too will depart when our mission is over. So the day came when it was time to pass the baton to the next generation. Our text tells us about a young man, Elijah. He was a man hungry for all God could give him. He wanted the Lord and his power and his, and his, power in his life, and he was willing to pay the price to get it. So this passage tells us, uh, tells what it took Elijah to obtain the double portion he asked for. The question is, what in the world is a double portion right here? What we learn here from him is valuable for our lives as well. Like uh, it did for Elijah, the mantle of ministry in these days rested upon you and me. You know, today we have a ministry, don't we? It rests upon us. What is our ministry today? What is the ministry of a Christian? The gospel, exactly. Our ministry is the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news. That what? The, that Jesus saves. The gospel is the greatest news ever given to mankind. 
How many people say, oh, I heard the news, I heard this. Listen, the gospel is the greatest news. Many people don't accept it. Many people reject that good news. But let me tell you, it's the greatest news that can penetrate the human heart. Because when it penetrates the human heart, it transforms people. And that's what all of us need, from young to old. All of us need that wonderful good news, the gospel. So this passage tells us how to go about getting the power of God in our lives. So let's look at this from several points tonight, okay? As we look at this passage right here in these verses. Number one, we see the spiritual request. The idea, we see this from verse 9 to verse 10 over here. So the idea of a double portion right here in the Bible is one of double blessings. Okay, double portion means double blessing. It was typical using the Old Testament to refer the birthright or an inheritance uh, received by, uh, oldest, the, by the oldest son. For an example, if you have your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 17. We're going to see this double portion here. Well, the, what the Elijah was asking Elijah here, a double portion. He said, where in the world is a double portion? Well, they knew what they were talking about. And look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 17. But it says, but he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the firstborn by giving him, look what it says, a double portion of all that he had. For he is the beginning of his strength, the right of the firstborn is. So another passage here I want you to go is 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 5. Go travel in your Bible there, go to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 5. And as we're talking about Hannah, who is Hannah? Hannah was a woman that could not have children. Okay, and we see a husband right here. He had two wives, and Hannah was one of them. And so, but here we see, look what it says. But unto Hannah, he gave whom uh, her husband a worthy portion. So that word "worthy" means double there in the original language. Uh, worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Go to Isaiah chapter 16, 61, verse seven. We're going to see the same thing here. Throughout the Old Testament, we see this this words being mentioned over and over. Look what it says in Isaiah uh, 61, verse 7. It says, For your shame he shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, possess the double. Every everlasting joy shall be, shall be unto them. Go to Job chapter 42, verse 10. We see another thing about Job here. Job 42, verse 10. Okay, I'll go nice and slow so you can already have my verses. So I'm trying to slow down so I know you need to get there, but I want you to see it. Isn't that nice? We have to look to the Bible. You know, you have to lick your fingers and, and flip the Bible. <laughs> Those of you who have paper Bible, uh, you know, if you have the, the, the digital Bible, you know, it's different. But, you know, I remember the days when you're here in the church going, <laughs> moving the Bible. All right, like, look at Job chapter 42, verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity, captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Again, you see the double portion here. There's one thing we hear about uh, the double portion being a negative way. You see this in Revelation chapter 18, verse 6. So the request by Elijah for a double portion of Elijah's spirit in here is our, in our passage refers likewise to being a double blessing in the life and ministry of Elijah. Interesting thing. Let's look at letter A. The content of his request. The content, he says, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. So, Elijah asked to receive a double portion of Elijah's spirit. The request was not for twice the power 
that he had rested on Elijah. The request was to be recognized as Elijah's replacement. Of course, he had already been selected by God for that position in 1 Kings 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 16. So like I said before, before it was common for, common for the firstborn in the Old Testament to receive a double portion of their family estate. Interesting. This was mandated by law, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 17. So he called Elijah, uh, uh, actually verse 12, my father. He called Elijah, called Elijah my father. So Elijah was asking for the right of the firstborn there. He was asking that the same spirit that had empowered the ministry of this great man of God be given to him as well. So now, what kind of spirit was he asking for? So what kind of spirit had Elijah with him? And what kind of spirit was he asking for? Well, number one, a spirit of faith. Was Elijah a man of faith? Yes, he was. He loved the Lord. He was a faithful man. When God said, go Elijah, Elijah went. Elijah never, re, never renounced or never said, no Lord, I can't go. Every time God called him, Elijah went. Don't you know that the same God that called Elijah is calling us today? It's the same God. Now the Lord impressed some things on our hearts sometimes. Go talk to that person. Go say, do something to that person. Help that person. Do this, do that. You know what? Is the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord's telling us, do, and, and if we hear that little small voice, we can hear the Lord calling us. How many times if we say, yes, Lord, He gives a what? These, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, these, um, what do you call those? Divine appointments. Thank you so much. He gives us those divine appointments, and we scratch our head and say, oh, wow, that, that's kind of odd that I got here. No, God sent you there. You know what? When we look in the book of Acts, who was reading the book of Isaiah? There you go. Philip was somewhere else. And when God told him, go. That was a divine appointment. He didn't know he was going. The guy was reading the the prophet Isaiah, and he didn't understand what he was reading. Somebody show up in the scene to explain it. You know what? God does does those, those things. So we see it. Elijah had a spirit of faith. Number two, a spirit of obedience. Elijah uh, 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 instantly and without question, even when the commands of God came to him, he was obedient to the Lord. He never said no to God. So it was a spirit of faith, a spirit of obedience. And number three, a spirit of courage. It was a courageous act for a man like Elijah to go in front of a king and literally like defile the king like what was words that the, the message of God given to that king. I'll tell you what. Would you go to a king and confront a person with that power? You say like, well, it's, it's easy. No, it's not easy because you know what? You could just lose your life right there. The king couldn't say, just kill him. He will be done. But you know what? He was courageous to follow what God said and to trust by faith that God would take care of him. Same thing for us. Today, you know what? God put something in our heart. You know what? If we say, eh, but if we have faith enough to go and courageously go and trust in that God will take care of us, and He does. Doesn't He? He does. So, we see that kind of spirit. Let it be, we see the character of His request. We see this in verse 10. Look what it says. And He said, and he said Thou hast asked a hard thing. 
Elijah said, that was a hard thing that you're asking. Nevertheless, if thou see me, and he explains to them, Elijah is told that he asked a hard thing. In other words, it was beyond the power of Elijah to grant, such, to grant him such a request. By the way, who is Elijah? Elijah was just a man like me and you. He had no power on his own. You said, he said, like, you asked me such a hard thing, I cannot give you, you know, a, a double portion of my spirit. Who do you think I am, God? You know, I didn't say that. But he made himself understand. That's a hard thing to do. I can't do that. Listen, may we never look at the Bible and think these people in the Bible are superheroes with superpowers. They don't have nothing in that. They were just common people like me and you. By the way, there's no such thing as superheroes with superpowers. You only see that on TV, okay? As entertainment, you know, a guy flies up, a guy goes this way. It's all good to see, you know, but, but that's far you can go, you know. Like, don't try to go fly like they, they do, you know. They go up, they go down, they throw themselves off the roofs and they never get hurt. They walk up in the walls and like, oh, it's only on TV, okay. Real life, that doesn't happen, okay. <laughs> was a, it was, this was a true, this is a true fact. A woman said, said, a young woman said to another woman said, uh, this recently, uh, I read this thing. He said, you know what? I think our earth lost a little bit of gravity. Our earth is losing gravity. And this is a fact that we're losing gravity. And the other one goes, up, well, if we lose gravity, once you go on top of that building, throw yourself down, maybe you might fly. <laughs> Don't do that. It's not going to happen. You know? <laughs> it's a silly thing, isn't it? Okay, so we see the character of his request. So only God can could rise up prophets and give positions of power and influence. On the surface, surface Elijah's request seemed a little selfish here. It seemed as though he is asking for twice the power and twice the glory. But in truth, his request is, is most humble in nature. Elijah knows that Israel needs, needs a man of God to deliver the word of God and to do the work of God. He, he also knows that if he is to be the man, the, uh, the man, that man, the man of God, to the people, that he needs power and he, that, he, that, he, that he does not possess. He needs the power of God in him to, to get those people what they were doing. They were in idolatry. They were doing all kinds of nonsense. You know what? They need somebody to bring that people back. Remember when Elijah was at Mount Carmel? What did he do? He faced the prophet. He faced the, the, all the priests of Baal. Then what he did? He faces the people. And he challenged the people. I said, so what are you guys doing here? I'm all alone here. What are you doing here? It's interesting. You know what? This man right here, same thing. He wants the power of God in him so he can teach the people. You know, we need the same power, don't we? We need the power of the Lord because in our own power, we can't do it. We get discouraged in two seconds. Somebody says something and you go, oh, I'm done. I'm going this way. I'm going to hide somewhere. You know, uh, I can't believe it. You know, that's how we are. We are fragile. We're fragile. So he, he also knows that if he is to be the man of God, he needs to possess that power. So he needs the power of God working in him, in him and through him if he is to be to accomplish something in the ministry. So note, Elijah wasn't asking for power, wealth, or position. He was asking to be controlled by the Spirit of God. In fact, to be a dedicated, uh, unspoken man for God, uh, we need the Spirit of God. You know what? Listen. When we speak to somebody about the Lord, we better let the Spirit of God speak through us. Because otherwise, we're going to make a mess out of it. My wife said, Lord, even in our own mind, please help me here. 
so I can say things the right way to these people because they don't know you. You know, we let the Spirit of God to work through us. And that's the power of that Spirit. And the Lord will help us. So, let us see the condition of his request. Look, it says, Thou hast asked a hard thing. So Elijah tells Elijah that he is, uh, is with him until he's taken out of this world. Then he will have to to think for, for uh, you have to think for what he was asking. So the idea here is that this blessing can be can be his, but Elijah must remain faithful unto the end. It would have been far easy for Elijah to have stayed in one of the towns they passed through, but had he dropped along the way, he would never have received the blessing he desired and desperately needed to serve the Lord. You know what, folks? Let me put it this way. We need the power of God in our lives every day. What do you say? How do you get that power? That power, if you're a Christian, is within you. Follow that? Is the Spirit of God resides in you. And if you allow the Spirit of God to work in you and through you, God can do great things with you. But if you don't allow God to work in you and through you, you can't do because God was not going to use you as, as if you did say, Lord, use me. And, of course, there are folks on which the Lord used in a tremendous way, you know, because every day they die to self, die to self. So, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Far too many churches today, and this is a fact, try to operate in the machinery of human wisdom and power. As a result, we have lost the power of God that made us remarkable through the ages. But today we live in a commercialized church, so to speak. They're trying to get folks in. They're, trying to, they're marketing people. They're marketing people. Try to see what they can get to get people in. That's not the way the house of God should operate. The house of God is a house of prayer. Even Jesus said that my father's house is a house of prayer, not a house of business. So a... a W. Tozer commented that without the ministry of the Holy Spirit, listen to this, 95% of what what the early church did would have ceased. He went on to say that if the Spirit were removed today of what we do in the modern church would continue undebated today. But let me tell you this this way. If we we do use our human wisdom and now let the God of the Bible control our minds and, and hearts, let me tell you this way. We are just going to fail miserably. We need the power of God. We need the Lord to guide us and to work through us. You know what? And I'm telling you this. The Bible should be always the foundation of the Bible-believing church. It's not, look what so-and-so can do. Look at, no, look at the wisdom. No, no. Bible-based. Because that's the house of God. That's, the, that's what we should have. Always open the Bible. Always teach from the Bible. And if you're here for a time, you're going to know that we are a Bible-believing church. That's what we preach from. So, so, my friend, we need to seek the Lord for spiritual power in these days. We don't need to get concerned about numbers in the church. We don't need to be concerned about becoming a seeker-friendly church. We don't need to get caught up in the many debates that are engaging the hearts and minds of church folks. We, what we need is to carry out the command that God gives us in, uh, in Ephesians 5.18, what it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now God wants us to be filled with the Spirit, because if we allow the Spirit to work 
in us and through us, we can make a big difference in this world, in our local church and everywhere we go. So we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Now the spirit of, of man's wisdom, God, we think we can do everything without God. See, many churches today, their focus is numbers. You know what? Let me put it this way. Are we a small church? Yes, we are. Does that concern me? No, not at all. Why, Pastor? You should have, we should strive. You know, I want people, but I'm not going to lose sleep over. You know why? Because God's building His church, not me. I'm just a servant of the Lord. That's what we are. We're all servants of the Lord. You know who builds this church? God is. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So it's not my business to lose sleep. Well, why the church is small? God knows. There are big churches. There are little churches. There are churches in the city. There are churches in, 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 the, in the country somewhere. There are churches everywhere. You know what? God plants churches all over the place. Some are small. Some are big. Some are mega churches. Whatever they are. But you know what? We shouldn't worry about numbers. It's not our business to worry about numbers. We preach, we edify, we proclaim, we teach those who come. That's our business. That's what God calls us to do. So, with that said, where was I? <laughs> so, uh, if we get the job done, we must, you must have him. So, I don't know what I was saying here, but anyway. Oh, let me go back a little bit. So, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. So, we need to get... Get before the Lord and request an influx of His power and His glory in these days that we live in. If we are to get the job done, we must have Him in our lives. And folks, let me tell you this way. You can see it, I can see it. We don't live in a Christian nature, nation anymore. Alright? We just don't. If we live in a world today, there's a lot of wickedness going on in our world. You can see it all over the place. There was a day, they know it was a respect for the elderly. It was a day that which people mm, covered their mouths. They didn't speak a word in front of individual people. They, today is no more shame. Today the, the, their mouths is like, is like, like cesspools. They don't care who was around. They don't, they don't care. There's no respect for anybody. You know why? Because there's no God in their hearts. There's no God in their hearts. I say, oh, are you too old-fashioned, close-minded? You know, no, you know what? I like to be old-fashioned. Respect fits anywhere. It does. Respect fits anywhere. You know, that's this thing about, you know, I'm free to speak what I want to speak. Well, you know what? Uh, we have to, we have liberty to speak. I agree with that. But you need to have respect and, and appreciation for other human beings, don't we? Well, that's the world that we live, live in today. And you say, how can I do this? Well, you know what? We, live, we were born for such a time as this. We can make a difference in this wicked world that we live in today. Because the only person you can control, I said this last week, is not others, is what? You. I said, I will not speak like you. I will not treat others like you do. This is me. Even if I'm alone, I will treat people with respect regardless of how they want to treat me. You see, it all comes from us. So, so we, we need him. And his power, and more, and then, uh, and we need, of course, more than money and buildings and all the kind of things out there. If this church is going to grow, then we need the Lord. If people is going to come, then we need the Lord. If we going to, to get a, a, a building, then we need the Lord. If if the Lord is not not in it, then we are wasting our time here. But if the Lord is in, believe me, the Lord is going to build His house. You know. Some people plant, 
So I remember we're back. Some people till the ground, tilt the ground, some people plant, some people water, and some people reap. You know what? We planted the church over <laughs> here. You know? We planted and we watering, you know? God be the glory. But God's got to be in it. So this kind of blessing and power does not come from uh, the uncommitted. It is reserved for those who will pay, pay the price and pay uh, and pray in holiness before the Lord. See, they are committed Christians, they are uncommitted Christians. But I tell you what, we should be committed. You know why? Because we should be grateful for what God has done for us. I tell you what, even if the only thing God did for me was save my soul, I'll be forever grateful, which I am. You know, I did all the things that these people do out there. I did it all. But you know what? When I got saved, I recognized that how God saved. I put those things aside. People say, you're missing out. Somebody said to me today at work, you're missing out in life. I said, no, no, no. You're missing out in life. You have no idea what you just said. I just turned around the statement just right to him. I said, I'm not missing out. You are missing out. Because anyhow, I had a shirt, my shirt with East Bay on. <laughs> I, I love those shirts, you know why? Because it, it causes people to react. <laughs> they go, so, oh, you going to that church? I said, yes, I go. I'm the pastor there. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you're missing out in life. I was like, no, no, I'm not missing out in life. You are missing out in life you don't even know. Oh, so you want me to go, go sit in a church? I said, church is more than just sit down. It's more than that. I said, well, if you just come in and try to understand, it's more than that. Oh, I don't want to go to a place where people tell me how to live. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you how to live. God's going to tell you how to live. I'm just a messenger of his word. It's amazing what people say. <laughs> so the future, you know what, by the way, like, it is interesting. So they have these radios blasting, and guys say all kinds of profanity in the radio these days, believe it or not. And like, no, you don't want God to tell you what, how to live a godly life. You want these guys to tell you in those wicked ways on what you should live your life. Also, the music that you listen. People think that music did not influence our mind. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Goodness. So anyway, what was I? Let's go. Point number two. Point number one, the spiritual request. Point number two, a steadfast commitment. Verse one to verse eight. From the time it became apparent that Elijah was leaving until the moment he left, Elijah received the blessing. Several trials crosses his way and in att that uh, attempt, they hindered them. So, however, Elijah remained focused and obtained the double portion. Letter A, we see opposition did not shake his commit commitment. We see this right here. Look at verse 3. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth, forth to Elijah and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take, take away the, thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. You see, they try, you know, is, is, is our position right here. They probably said, don't they say that in a mean way? Maybe, the, I don't know how they said it. But you know what? They said it to him. You know what? That can be a discouraging thing. Hey, you go going to church today. Your pastor's not going to be there. What are you going to church for? I'm going to worship the Lord. See, commitment. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm committed. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take a day off because pastor's not there. You follow that? Well, saying right here, they're saying to him, they're saying to him, hey, why you keep walking? You, you, God's going to take him away from you today. Why even bother? He kept walking. 
What is he doing serving God? Look what it says. At the very turn, the, at very turn, the sons of the prophets asked Elijah, Elijah the same question. Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? The question is literally this. Why are you still following that old man? The Lord is true with him, and he's calling him to heaven today. You would be better for you to stay with us or to strive out on your own. Or to strive on your own. They tried to talk him out, out of his resolve. You see, note this. If you decide that you are going after God until you obtain the double portion, you have better look out. Why? All around us, there will be people will, uh, who will do the best to talk you out of it. You go in the church. Yeah, why was the church for? Oh, why don't we? You want to go to this place, that place, this place, do this, do that. When it's church time, and you say, "Oh, you know," let me put it this way: This is me. On Sunday, my job does work as Sunday work all the time. Oh, you come and church. It happens every week. I mean, I've been there for almost twenty years. Almost every, almost every Friday afternoon, you come into work Sunday. How many times I told you I don't work on Sunday? Or oh, just try it. You know, I mean, you can be positive because you're committed to what you're doing, but you know what? It can discourage you. If you listen to, like, and then we, and when they say, it's double, double time, what are they trying to do? Make you feel guilty. He says, it's not double time for me because I never went, came anywhere. So I don't really care. Like, well, you, I cannot believe you're going to church and lose a double time. You see what they They're trying to get you. They're trying to get you, to discourage you. But I tell you what, when you commit it, you commit it. What are you doing on Sunday? I'm going to the house of the Lord. I understand, listen, I understand, folks. There are situations in which you cannot be there. Don't misunderstand me here, okay? If you're taking care of people, if you do, it is some situations in our lives. The Lord understands. I'm talking about purposely, I don't want to go to church because I'm going to do this. That's a, that's a different story. That, that, at that point, we are being disobedient. But if, you know, if we have our lives and something happens, we have to take care of people or whatever it is, you have to work because, you know, it's part of your job. I, it's perfect. God understands that. But I don't have to work on Sunday. Praise the Lord. You know, so, I, you know, like, so Elijah right here, he's committed. And he's told these guys, you know what? Don't bother to even try to detour me. I'm going all the way to the end. So wholehearted commitment to the cause of Christ leaves many people buffed up and say, what's going on with this guy? You know what? Don't let the crowd shake you. Run with Jesus. Even if the crowd goes this way, run the opposite. Goes like, where are you running to? To Jesus. Oh, but this way is bad as lies. I'm going towards Jesus. That's where I'm going. The world does not understand. Listen. The people of this world is now running after Jesus. They're running after the things of this world. I mean, it, it's not hard to find out. It's not hard to, to see it when people in this world, when you talk about God, they get offended. When you talk about Jesus, they, 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 they come up with all kinds of stuff. You know what? Because they don't want to listen to. Oh, here comes another one that goes to church. Well, that's what I do. Listen, if you want to be my friend, you've got to accept me as I am. Who are you? I'm a Christian. Oh, I don't want to be hanging with Christians. Okay, have a good life. And I'm gonna, not going to change for you. I am who I am by the grace of God, right? 
You see, but our world is not the world, people of this world, many people are not looking for Jesus, they go in the opposite direction. These people try to detour him here, and he says, I'm committed, I'm going forward. Let it be, see, opportunities did not shake his commitment. Every time they passed through the city, Elijah even attempted to get Elijah to stay. This wasn't a, an effort on his part to hinder Elijah's progress. It was designed to test his commitment. Of course, each of the, of the places mentioned had a special place in the heart of the Jewish people and would have made a, a, ple, a, a pleasant uh, stopping place. But let me tell you this. If you live for God, there's going to be many detours and obstacles along the way. People say, well, if you live in the center of God's word, there'll be no problems. I'll tell you what, I don't know what Bible they're reading because that's not the Bible that I'm reading. And how many Christians that I know that live in the center of God's word and they are in hospitals, they are in, in pain, there are all kinds of problems that they have. Doesn't mean that they don't love God. They do love God. And if they could be here, they would be here. You see, um, these, these were opportunities for Elijah to stop and settle down, but you know why he didn't? First of all, look, let's look. Gilgal, that's the places they stopped him in Elijah. Gilgal, the place of beginnings. It was there that the Israelites first celebrated Passover in, in the Promised Land. Here, the males uh, born during the, in the wilderness wandering was circumcised, and the covenant was renewed, Joshua chapter 5. Then it went to Bethel, the place of dreams. It was there that Jacob met God and dreamed of angels descending and descending out to heaven. Genesis chapter 28. Then he went to Jericho, the place of past victories. Then he went to Jordan, the place of death. That river represented the boundary from the promised land. To cross it meant to enter into death. It was, it was affordable, affordable barrier and, and few would even want to, to cross. Note this, we too find ourselves in these same places in our walk with the Lord. Far too many Christians spend their entire Christian life in Gilgal. They get saved and they never grow. They're babies in Christ. I'm glad they're saved. Praise the Lord, they're saved, they're going to heaven. But they never grow in the things of the Lord. You know why? Because they want the world and they want God. You don't grow that way. You don't grow healthy that way. God wants all of you, not half of you. God wants your whole heart, not half of your heart. Some Christians, they want the world and the pleasures of the world, and they want God. No, don't misunderstand me here. Can you have fun? Can you enjoy life in this world and love the Lord? Of course you can. God gave us a beautiful planet, gorgeous planet. Look at the views and the, that, that we see. We go in the ocean, the mountains, and look at the lakes. That we see. It's beautiful. We created that. God did. But... The second, place, the second thing is some go as far as Bethel. They, 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 they pass the, 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 uh, um, the Gilgal and they go to Bethel. So they, they catch the vision of God's great work, which I had done. They see the need. They, they, they feel the tug in their hearts, but they never get past the place of dreaming about that what they might, might do. They go, oh, pastor, I'm going to do this, okay? And two years later, pastor, I'm going to do this, okay? Three years later, pastor, I'm going to... They never passed that. You know, you're like, you just, come on, just step out. <laughs> step out in faith. So, others pass those things and still hold on. And they go to Jericho. 
Yet they live in, in the victories of yesterday. They remember what happened back there. And they say, oh, remember, we used to do this. Oh, in my days, we used to do that. Listen, wonderful. What about today? Listen, okay. Let's say you play for the Patriots. Who knows the Patriots here? Everybody knows the Patriots. You play. Let's say you were like, you're the famous Tom Brady. Let's like put yourself in his feet, okay? And you're just a remarkable player. You did so great. I mean, you many championships you won, you know, the Super Bowl and all that. And there comes a day that you can't even throw the ball anymore. What do you think the coach is going to do? Oh, you're wonderful, Tom Brady. We're going to put you there in a wheelchair. I don't care how you do it. We're going to put you there because you're the best. You know what? What can you do for me today? I can't even throw the ball. Get out. <laughs> that's what it is. You know, that is, that's how we deal with life, right? What can you do for me today? I can't do anymore. But I did great things in the past. We don't live in the past. We can remember the past and look at the past and say, well, God was good back then. You know what? But God can be good today. And he can use us today. So some people never pass that battle. They stay there or that Jer- Jericho. But others go all the way to their Jordan. They pass all those who go to their Jordan. You know what they do? When we die to self. Literally die to self. And let God be God. That was Elijah. When we die to self and let God be God. That God says I can take you all the way to Jordan. And to the promised land. Let us see. Obstacles did not shake his commitment. When Elijah seemed to be, uh, even Elijah seemed to be an obstacle to Elijah's progress. After all, he tried three times to get Elijah to stay behind, but he did. So the Jordan also stood as a barrier between Elijah and as, uh, and as receiving what he desired. Still, he went on. He resolved in his heart to stay with Elijah until he was taken away. He did not want to miss the blessings. Let me tell you folks. Let me tell you folks. All right. All right. Life will bring us so many curveballs and so many things that we don't expect. You know what God wants us to do? To stay with our eyes on the finish line. You know, many things will come. Listen, tomorrow morning you're going to get up in the morning. You don't know what life's going to bring you. You don't know what's going to happen. You might say you might have your plans for the day. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen. It might. But it might not. There might be other things. You know, life might throw you some curveballs. But you know what? Even to the curveballs, my eyes are on the line, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. That's what God wants us to do. That's what Elijah, Elijah was. He was cap on going, even though it was detours, even though it was people trying to discourage him. You know what? He kept on going. Note this. When you resolve to, to go with God, he forewarned that obstacles will cross your path. Remember when they do, they are there because God has permitted them in your life. And you know what? Is that sometimes they test your faith. How big is your faith? Look what it says in Romans 8.28. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to His purposes. See, these obstacles will test out your commitment but they, will, they are God's responsibility. God sends Lord obstacles sometimes to test us to see where we are. When Elijah, Elijah and Elijah arrive at the banks of the Jordan, Elijah flexed his faith and God parted the waters right there. Elijah got in a miracle because he did not back away from an obstacle. If he listened to those prophets, 
he would not see the blessings of God right there in front of his eyes. You know what? Sometimes we miss those things. God wants us to see his power, his blessings, and sometimes we stay back. He didn't stay back because they said he was committed and he saw what God could do. He parted the waters. It was not the mental. Believe me, folks, there was no power in the mental. It was God who did it. Okay, so, point number one, we see the spiritual request. Point number two, the steadfast commitment. And number three, our last point, the sovereign response. Because it would not be the, the, third, uh, uh, the raid short of, of victory, Elijah got to partake in some wonderful supernatural events right here. Number one, we see he watched the miracle. I just mentioned that. Look at verse 11. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there would appear a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up and the world went into heaven. Listen to this. Because he remained... He remained with Elijah. Elijah got to see the men of God taking up the heaven alive. Now, that is a miracle that you and I don't see every day. You just don't see that. To see heavens open and to see a human being taken up to heaven, that is something out of unusual. You know, a chariot and horses flying. You only see that in the movies, right? But that here is reality. They came from the heavens open. They came from heaven. They took the men of God and up to heaven and went up again. And you know who saw it? Elijah. Commitment caused him to see the power of God. Elijah didn't have power to get himself to heaven. It was God that did it. It was God that did it. We don't have power to get to heaven. It's God that does the work for us. The Lord Jesus went to Calvary. To, so so we, when we die, we can go to heaven. Or if he comes again, and he's going to come anywhere, we can poof, come out of this earth and to heaven we go. But let me tell you this. And that is a miracle in itself. This reminds me of the way the apostles, actually go to Acts chapter 1 verse 9. The apostles saw Jesus going up to heaven. You think about it. Look at Go to Acts chapter 1, verse 9. As we see Elijah right here, what about Jesus? Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Let's look what, what the Bible says right there. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Look what it says. And when he had spoken these things, he whom, Jesus, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfast towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. It says, which, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up unto heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from, uh, from you unto heaven shall come, come in like manner as ye have seen him go unto heaven. Let me put it this way. If you were there talking to Jesus, and he come, began to elevate himself, and kept going up and up and up and up and up until you can see him no more. Would you be gazing at heaven and see if he's coming down? You go, what in the world? I just saw. He just went up to heaven. They were, the Bible says they were gazing. They're like, their eyes are looking up. They were just like, can you believe what they just saw? You don't see that every day. Elijah saw Elijah going in the chariot of fire. The apostles saw literally Jesus just all the way up. I think you and me will be like, Oh, 
did you just see what I saw? Was it just me? Let me pinch you, you know? Let me give you a pinch. Oh, that hurts. Oh, no, I think I'm real. Are oh, you real too? Look, what happened here? Jesus, how did he do that? Believe me, I mean, we humans, right? I mean, they were gazing up to heaven. They were like in disbelief. It took two angels to tell him, like, why are you gazing up to heaven? You know, he's going to come back again. Oh, is that today? Oh, I'm going to look up again, you know. I mean, talking about the Bible, like the Bible, it's a wonderful book. It's a wonderful book. See, why were the apostles gazing out to heaven? For one, they never saw such thing like amazing like that. Listen, it's not every day that you see somebody elevate himself and kept going up all the way to heaven. It doesn't happen. Well, if you watch the superheroes on TV, you see them logo all go all out to heaven, you know. Right. If I jump, if I go up two feet, I'm coming where I'm going. After I go up, I'm coming down. Gravity will take me down. You might jump five feet, you're coming down. <laughs> you're not going up. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, I believe that <laughs> this was an amazing sight to see. Those guys saw Jesus going up to heaven like that. Let it be. He wore Elijah's mantle. Look at verse 12. And Elijah saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of us his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. So because Elijah stayed by the men of God, he was given Elijah's mantle. This, this cheap skin garment was the tangible sign that Elijah's ministry has been handled down to Elijah. In other words, because he refused to be waylaid, distracted, and side, sidetracked, Elijah got exactly what he asked, a double portion. Note this. Those who pay the price to stay with the Lord and go with Him through very difficult and obstacle things of life many times, uh, to, uh, uh, those are the ones who receive those blessings, those double portion blessings. Those who choose to, the easy road, uh, uh, route never get to see God's best, believe me. However, those who got the action, go the extra mile get to, to see the remarkable work of the Lord. Let me tell you this. How many Christians never tell another person about Jesus? They never do. Oh, uh, I can't do that. Why? Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, I don't know how. You know, we can live on excuses all of our lives. Or we can do something about it. You know what? I've seen people. I led people to the Lord. I've seen people cry. I've seen people get up and jump around. Oh, happy and come back. He said, he not, I got saved. I got saved. Yes, you did. You know, I see people just, just crying literally. Others laughing. Others just, can I give you a hug? <laughs> yeah, give me a hug. And what you see, you see the power of God. Listen, folks, it's a miracle that a human being gets saved. It is. So you, it's, 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 a, it's a miracle. Can you imagine to think so worldly and suddenly open your heart and mind and say, I need Jesus. Wow. Because, you know, our minds are so earthly, we think about so many things, we try to rationalize, and guess the world we get, the worse it gets. We try to rationalize with everything, and suddenly we go, I need Jesus. Wow. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Now we see, we see, he walked with Elijah's master. Verse 13 all the way to verse 15. He says he took up the mantle. Look at verse 14. Uh... 
Look at verse 15. How <laughs> many read these verses? And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah do rest on Elijah. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. They recognized this man like they recognized something different about him. You know what? He was committed. He was committed for the cry, for the for the, to the Lord. So when Elijah returned to the bank to the banks of Jordan, he knew that the mantle that and then the ministry of Elijah has passed unto him. The baton has passed unto him. Now he, in faith, calls on the same God who had worked through Elijah to work through him. He calls upon the God who, who answered by fire, stops, uh, uh, stops and starts the rain, feeds his, the, his servants by the ravens. We're talking about Elijah right here. Multiplies the meal and the oil, raises the dead. He's powerful, powerful enough to shake the mountains with the wind and to, and to rent them with the earthquake and speaks to his children in, in a still small voice. That is the God that Elijah was called upon and he got the answer he was seeking. And let me tell you this way, folks. is the same God that we serve. Same one. You say, wow, these people that listen. The same God that Elijah and Elijah has served is the same God that we serve today. Is that God less powerful today as he was back then? Mm-mm. Let me put it this way. Who sustains the earth? God. Who sustains the sun? God. Who sustains all the galaxies? God. Who gives the air for us to breathe? God. Who makes sure that out of dirt, food comes for us to eat? God. You see, God is as powerful as ever been. Please, please don't, don't say something about Mother Nature. Because I don't believe there is a Father God, not Mother Nature. Okay, Mother Nature is controlled by God Almighty. Thinking about it, you put seeds on the ground and comes beautiful fruit out of the ground. That's a miracle. If you think about, oh, you know, it's going to come. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the dirt has the, the, the right proteins and everything there to, 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 to bring life. You know what? Who did that, God? Go to another planet and try to plant, plant tomatoes. Not going to grow. Why? There's no life there. Earth. God controls everything. God is as powerful then as is powerful today. God can use you in a tremendous way like He used Elijah as He, he can use you the same way today. Because we serve the same God. I conclude with this. Do you want the double portion in your life this evening? Do you want to be in the position where God, the God of heaven is using you for His glory and in this world, I'll tell you what. I said, Pastor, what can I do? It's easy. Every day when you get out of bed, die to self. And say, Lord, it's not about me anymore. It's you. When we begin to do that and saturate our mind with Scripture, our life begins to change. Listen, if it's the same old, same old, it's the same old, same old. But if we want to change, we can change. Put it this way. A drunk can go to rehab, but if the drunk doesn't want to change, I don't care what rehab he's going, he's going to come back to the same booze. So was, in a, so was a drug addict, whatever, everything else that you want to call. If they don't want to change, they won't change. They go back to the same thing. Same thing. You know what? Same thing with the Christian. If we are Christians and we don't want to grow, we're going back to the same old, same old. 
we got saved, and that's where we are. But if we want to grow, we get the Word of God, the Bible, and we take it at face value and say, Lord, teach me. You know what the thing to do? is a life journey. It's not a one-day thing. It's every day we spend time with the Lord. It's every day, Lord, Lord, teach me how to apply this stuff into my life. And the Lord begins to teach us and, and to help us along the way. You think that Elijah didn't make mistakes? Oh, Elijah didn't make mistakes. Of course they did. They're human beings. But the, the Lord chose to put those particular passages in the Bible for our learning so we can understand there is a God in heaven, there is a God and the Holy Spirit in our hearts that can help us tremendously to live a godly life and lives in this world. But our world is wicked. Okay. So what? If you're a Christian, you're not a citizen of earth. You're a citizen of heaven. We should be different. Follow that? I'd say, if you go to Italy tomorrow, when you arrive in Italy, you're going to understand, first of all, when you got in the airport and you start walking in the streets, I'm not a citizen of this country. You think different. You walk different. You speak different. You probably dress different. You're going to tell right away. Well, if you're a Christian and you want to live for the Lord, you're going to understand you're not a citizen of this world. You're a citizen of heaven. We speak different. We act different. We behave different. We live different. Why? Because we're citizens of heaven. We know we don't fit here. We're here for a time, for a season. So God can use us for what? For His glory because we have a message. What's our message? The gospel. Oh, that's the message. That's our message. Our message is the gospel. We have to tell people about Jesus. That's, that's our message. And when God is done with our message, we go home. I say, I don't, I don't like to say we die. I say we graduate to heaven. Because that's where Christians go. We go to heaven to be with the Lord. And when we're with Him, we, we don't want to get out of there anymore. So, Lord, I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> oh, all right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. Thank you for your love and mercy and your goodness. And thank you, Lord, the, for the blessing you give me to preach this message tonight, Lord. And I pray, Father, help us, Lord, to die to self every day. And, Lord, if we want a double portion of your blessings, Lord, I pray that we would die to self every day and trust you, Lord. Lord, we can trust in the God that created us in this wicked world that we live in. Lord, I pray for each person here tonight. Bless them in a very special way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.